their bedrooms, their studios, their best friend's garage or basement. For those who negotiate with the system every day to make time for the music that matters. For those who get in debt to fund the fight against the mundane. For those who stay true to their cause even in the face of income and fame from compromise. For those who feel the power of every beat. For those who keep their minds open. For those who encourage and support those pursuing their personal dream. For those who sacrifice relationships to make sure the music is heard. For those for which the music is a lifetime, not a pastime. This is Bass Agenda. 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 This is Brian Bonds. This is Martin Bonds. You're listening to Bass Agenda on Deep Space Radio. 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 How you doing? Welcome to Base Agenda, episode 202. Real special one, this. It's a real honour to have had the chance to interview two guys that many of you on Facebook, upon seeing me advertise this show, have described as the unsung heroes of Detroit techno. Underrated, deserving of some recognition, and I hope we can get that done today. Martin Bonds, Brian Bonds, two brothers, both done solo work, but are also part of a wider collective of people really working together for about... Uh, 30 years now, recording under various names. We'll go into those in the interview shortly, but uh, many of you will know them as Strand and Real by Real. In addition to Brian and Martin, the collective I refer to is also made up of Brian Boyer and Kenneth Ketch Harrington. Also done some collaborative work on and off, and soon in the future too with uh, Orcs88's Keith Tucker, DJ K1 too. I had a 90-minute chat with the guys one Saturday a couple of weeks ago. About two-thirds of that is in this show for you. Plus music that covers their career. Plus some unreleased stuff for you too. If you've never heard of them, stay tuned. This is one of those occasions where there's a lot to learn. Not just musically, but also about the history of Detroit techno. Creativity, collaboration, and what talent and passion can create when it's not attached to egos and hype. Later on in the show, I'll be going into the promo box to play you some uh, new morphology. Will Simpson. Got some other bits and pieces too, including Jeff Mills.
you guys start out together? How did you meet up and start making music? Um, well, our family had moved from Detroit to California for, for a bit. And we moved back. And uh, I was locked out of the house, our new house. I didn't have a key yet. And I decided I was going to climb through a window. And I saw this kid walking down the street. And I said, hey, man, uh, you live around here? He's like, yeah, I live up the street. I said, man, can I borrow a ladder? I'm locked out of my house. He said, he just said, yeah, he didn't know me. I didn't know him. And it was Catch, Ken Harrington. Uh-huh. So we've been friends ever since. And then he introduced me to Brian Boyer, who lived a few doors down from me. Mm-hmm. And he was already in a, a, a neighborhood funk band. I mean, he's younger than us uh, by a few years. But uh, he was... A, great guitarist in this funk band and uh when we met i always had tapes of music um different types of music that wasn't played on the radio and he grabbed we all shared a liking of that type of music and, um we decided to form our own band uh yeah i catch on drums brian keyboards guitar was on the bass we had to teach mm. Catch how to play the drums. Uh, he didn't oh, really? know how to play. Yeah, but uh, he had his older brother was a is a great drummer, and he taught Catch too. Um, but mm. we spent many hours, uh, with, with, uh, 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 you know, working together, learning learning how to play our instruments. Because I didn't pick up a bass until that point, but you know. Mm. Uh, I, so I you love kind of feeling so, your way, feeling yeah, your way together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Except Brian yeah. was already there, you know. He, right. He, he was he was our uh, music teacher. Yeah, Boyer's yeah. proficient. He's a he's excellent uh, a musician. I mean, he's proficient in guitar. He's a cellist. Mm-hmm. He's a what else did he play? Vibraphone or vibraphone <laughs> and the, the cast tech jazz band. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Wow. multi instrumentalist. Real, uh, real by real is primarily. Myself, but there are times yeah. when you know brother and I collaborate or catch from Strand. Okay. Sometimes we, you know, we do, but but you know, primarily Strand is Brian Catch and Boyer and Brian Boyer, and Real yeah. by Real is primarily me. But like I said, sometimes we collaborate. A lot of times sure. we can't help it. I mean, we all grew up, we grew up together doing this stuff, and we're still, you know, yeah, saying yeah. within driving distance of one another. So we end up, you yeah. know, hanging out with each other, you know, when we're working on music or whatever. So it's, yeah, it's gonna always be like that. I think. Yeah, sure. Pretty much. Sense, I think yeah. early on, when Marty was at Metroplex, it was Marty. Um, you know, mm. he would bounce ideas off my head, and I would give him my two cents on what he was doing. But it was him early on. Um, but later, we started collaborating with each other with our different sure. projects. I guess you right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So you obviously work well together then. <laughs> uh, actually, yeah. Um, we since day one, since his he got a he bug bugged my parents to get him a CZ one thousand, and uh, mm. I got a nine oh nine, and you know, in his bedroom, and we've been working for a lot of years together. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, man. Jesus, if my, if my brother and I made music, I hate to think what noise would come out of that. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be pretty. <laughs> well, we've had our moments. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the way it goes, isn't it? So I'm just going, I guess it's good to go back to the beginning first off. So as far as kind of 
you know, realizing that music was something more than background noise, you know, something that kind of really caught your, your attention, you guys? What was, what were your earliest kind of exposure to, to stuff that made you sit up and notice? Oh, wow. Uh, well, our dad owned a record store in Detroit on the east side oh, cool. um, mm. in, what, 69 to 72? And um, we were always there with him. And mm. um, I've loved records since I can remember, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and our house was always filled with music, always. Uh, mm. Beethoven. James Brown, Motown, mm. you name it. Um, my parents made sure that we were exposed to a uh, variety of music and yeah. also uh, encouraged us to take formal lessons as well. Ah, uh, okay. I was going to ask you about that. So, yeah. 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 Well, and then back then, public schools also, uh, part of the curriculum was music. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, it was required. Something. It was required, exactly. That was part of your regular right. curriculum, you know, mm. and, you know, until the, what, the 80s, I guess? Yeah, was. I can remember Luke Robinson and uh, Kelly Hand and I in grade school, and we had a, we had to take a music class, and it was vocals. You know, the music oh, okay. teacher, she taught, she, she taught vocals, and we learned basic music theory in that class. Mm. And I'm talking like maybe the third or fourth grade. Yeah, uh, yeah. They taught us what a staff was, what the time signature was, uh, bass mm. clef, the difference between bass clef and treble clef. Um, it, it was pretty, it, it was, it was uh, a, a good base, at least for, yeah, yeah. for, 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 for formal training. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that how you look back at it? You look back at it as, as giving you a, a kind of a, a foot, a foot on the, in the right direction kind of thing? Uh, yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah. And also, uh, 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 make, it put, put music in perspective. At least it gave us a base on how, how it was made and how to mm. make sense of it. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Oh, cool. And then it, did you go on to learn any instruments? You know, go on to learn, I don't know, piano or... <laughs> well, no, no, I didn't have the uh, patience. Actually, I was more. <laughs> I've always been a gadget guy, so I'm like, you uh, know, okay. I always went for the, you know, I tried. I, I did take lessons, guitar lessons for another for uh, about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Playing guitar yeah. with us for a minute. <laughs> I was no good at it. I preferred, you know, <laughs> taking things apart and putting them back together, or whatever. So from that point on, it was always electronic stuff. From that point, you know? yeah, yeah, and that yeah. was probably like eighty. Like 1981, somewhere around there. Cool. Yeah, okay, I, yeah, yeah. I, I had. Well, I started as a drummer in school bands and moved okay. to the trombone. And when I met uh, Brian Boyer and Catch, I mm. picked up a bass and and, and uh, learned to play that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. I was good. the reason I was going to ask you about whether you'd had any formal training is. And you know, I know you may just have a natural talent for this, but listening to the melody stuff that you guys have got in all, across your whole career is it's, it's really special stuff, man. Really, well, thank you. I mean, this, you feel the soul in there. It's really, you know, some of it's really warm, some of it's really dramatic. And I thought, I just wondered whether you, that was just your natural ability, or did you have to train that? Maybe you're too humble to tell me. <laughs> well, I you know, I appreciate that. Uh, we. I, I don't know if it's, it's, it's I think it's a bit natural 
uh, because we've been influenced by so many different types of music, but the yeah. uh, ry rhythm is the universal language. Um, and uh, I think to, 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 con to, to, to convey the rhythm, a melody is the, trans is, is, is the transport to me. Rhythm always comes first for me. Mm. Um, okay. And I think the melody is, is a conduit to, to people connecting with it because everybody doesn't have rhythm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've met my ex-wife. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean, man. And I think the melody is certainly, as far as I'm concerned with, with most of your stuff, that's where the emotional, you get the, from the rhythm, you kind of get that primal thing. Mm -hmm. But the the emotion comes with that that the other layers. That right. Got. Is, that, is that is that what we're talking about here? Yes, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Okay. You hit the nail on the head. And what about for you, Martin? Is it pretty much uh, kind of the same same well, thing? I know. I tend to focus more on uh, the sounds and creating sounds. Um, mm -hmm. And 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 it's to me, it's really satisfying when you can conceptualize a sound in your head mm. and if you mm. can render that from a machine that to me is yeah. very satisfying i tend to spend more time mm. on that than i do like on, with, with uh you know melodies this that and the other As, to me it's right. always been sounds so that's why I, when okay. brian when my brother works with me or catch works with me or whatever those guys mm. usually come in and put a mood into the track with uh pads or strings or whatever you know yeah yeah so i'm one of the guy like i I'll make me spend two weeks on one sound because I can hear it in my head, but it's not translating. You know what I mean? So once yeah, I finally yeah. get it, I'm like, yeah, okay, that's what motivates me anyway. Yeah, a lot yeah. of this stuff, cool. a lot of music that I do. Brian, you mentioned Lucid, which is one of the recent ones. Oh, um, yeah. Um, I, love the, I love the way the melody on that evolves as well. Man. Well, thank you. Um, so why, why, why did that one kind of come to mind for you? I think because that that track in particular, uh, a track, we always collaborated with Strand, me, Ketchum, and Brian Boyer. Uh, but this one in particular, um, it, it, it showcased everybody's uh, wheelhouse in our in our organization. Mm. Um, okay. Uh, basically, I I was base baseline, um, mm -hmm. and uh, some of the uh, rhythm, uh, the drums. Uh, Catch came in with the uh, the, 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 the chords. The, the, washes okay. over it and Brian Boyer mm -hmm. was the melody man um, okay uh, the key man too uh, he's a he's a great musician um, mm -hmm. I'm not so much but uh, he's he's a really good musician and uh, you know that I think that track embodies our friendship over the years and our collaboration together over the years um, mm. 
Brian Brian played the guitar on it. Um, actually, yeah, he yeah. went and bought some mics so he can mic it, and he recorded the guitar uh, at his home. Um, mm. And he, that's what he brought. So um, that's that's why I'm that's one of the ones that I'm more and more uh, happy with because, like I said, it embodies a total team. Um, yeah, yeah. And we've yeah, always yeah. prided ourselves on, on working together, and um, mm. you gotta have a thick skin because out of all of us, we we don't hold anything back. We're brutally honest with each other, and I think that's why we've been working together so long. I've had mm. people ask me all the time, uh, "You guys still together? You guys still?" I'm like, "Yeah." I mean. <laughs>
inspiration? I mean, are, are you purely inspired by playing with sound, or, or do you draw inspiration from other stuff? I know some people get inspired by you know things that have happened to them, or movies they've seen, or do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I can be inspired by a move. Uh, how you know? There's one track that I did. Uh, well, we did. Um, that it was inspired by the way the sun was shining through my window one day. Oh yeah, um, yeah. That was a. Sh- I, we never re- it wasn't formally released. Shake. I gave him a copy of it. He played it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in a lot of his sets. Um, but it was actually how a light came through the window that inspired me. Um, mm. But you know, sometimes I hear a sound. Or I'll imagine the sound. If I can, lucky enough to translate it, and maybe how the sound, you know, the modulation to it might inspire um, the drums to it. Um, mm. But usually for me, it's it's a rhythm that, that I sure. can build off of. Well, with, I know with me, I tend to like. When I do a track and look, sit back and listen to it, I tend mm. to want to feel as if I just watched a you know a really uh, trippy sci-fi kind of a movie. I've always been mm. kind of a fan of sci-fi books, whatever. But yeah, yeah right. Stars out. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
So what was your kind of exposure to gear? What was the earliest stuff that you you actually kind of got your hands on yourselves? Um, you know, what, were you, what did you start out with? Uh, well, for me, uh, actually, I think what happened was when I told you earlier, I tried to learn to play guitar or whatever. So I sold the yeah. guitar and I bought, and I can't think of the name of this little synthesizer uh, that was used in the, uh, the, the, the song, uh, da, 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 oh, uh, little Casio. Yeah, it's a little Casio little thing. Casio <laughs> tone, was it? I forgot the VO mm. something. I forgot the model number. But anyway, okay. anyway, so, yeah, so that, that, that started it. And then after that, it just, you know, yeah, I started going to, you know, uh, uh, old, you know, uh, guitar shops and yeah. guitar mm. guys back then. They weren't into the electronic stuff, so yeah. uh, they'd have you know someone to come in and trade in you know a drum machine or something like that. And I think from there, I uh, ended up getting a, a, a three hundred three, a baseline three hundred three out of a, out of Pyramid Guitars on Grand River in Redford, Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I got it for seventy five bucks. And then they and the, and the clerk at the store when he when he sold it to me, he was like, "I feel bad. This this teenager, he's paying too much for this." I'm like, yeah. And he's like, as a matter of fact, he said, we had one of those crappy drum machines, whatever they had. It was an 808. It's just some guy came here and gave us 150 bucks for it. He's like, I can't believe it. I was like, oh, man. He sounds <laughs> like a good guy to know, man. Yep, so, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. yep, so the 303, and then um, oh, my brother had a 903. That's the base, the acid machine, yeah. Yeah? Yep, yep, yep. And then uh, my brother had the 909, <laughs> and the 303 didn't even have MIDI. It, it mm. was Densync. Uh, at okay. time, and and I think it was dense. The Densync was only out, I believe. Uh, could have been yeah. only in, but anyway, there was an easy way to you know to change it if you open it up and modify it. You know, just basically uh, uh, use something to stop con- these contacts at the back of the socket for the Densync, and it would, right. then, then it would be a Densync in or whatever. And then it would yeah. link up. The 909 had a Densync function too, so. I was able to go from there. I was like, okay, then pretty much kind of took off from there and they ended up with a CZ1000 and a Yamaha QX20. Yeah, it's all coming back. That was like 30, 40 <laughs> years ago. Yeah, Yamaha QX21 sequencer, I think. And I used to spend a lot of time mm. in high school in my bedroom. My parents thought I was weird. Like, why don't you go out and meet people? Hang out. I'm like, these are my friends right here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was still yeah. trying to make them talk to each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, the yeah, yeah, between that yeah. and my brother and, and Ketch and Brian or whatever, yeah, that was, just, that, just come to think of it, uh, most of our lives has been, and it's pretty much been taken up by music. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. There's, there's worse ways to spend time, man. That's yeah, sure. yeah, sir. <laughs> Gotta stay strong and on and keep your soul intact. Gotta stay strong and on and keep your soul intact.
so far from Martin and Brian Bonds. We're slipping into uh, their latest release, really. This is a remix for Keith Tucker's Optic Nerve project. Just came out recently on Soma. This is the Strand remix of Techno Programming. guys hook up with Keith where, where did that because uh, he's, he's got a huge lot, a lot of respect for you guys I got that from speaking to him before and I could see it goes both ways man. Actually, oh, yeah. Keith, uh, Keith actually first time I met Keith uh, was at Metroplex when I was staying there and and that and mm. Keith came with his partner and they recorded a uh, track an EP with the, uh, one of the titles is television, television. And, and when Keith came in Keith and actually Keith I may have met Keith through Shake but anyway this is mm. this is when they came down to Metroplex and and, and they tracked their first uh, EP and uh, and I was just amazed Keith came in man he's so organized he came in set his stuff up and boom and, and you know hit the sequencer and I'm tracking the stuff on a half inch 16 track record and I'm thinking it's going to be a while going to have problems this that and breeze right through it boom and Keith was such a cool real dude you know what I mean that mm. we I don't know I've been you know, good friends since then. Yeah, that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had him through Marty, um, and uh, he's always been open to collaborations with us, um, sharing information with us, sharing new technologies. Um, we 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 work together well. We he's we're gonna release a Strand Meets Optic Nerve EP this year. And it's it, people are gonna love it. Uh, there's a track that we actually made together <laughs> when oh, we shared studio space downtown Detroit. 
Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, we, we've actually, we, we, we actually played the parts and sat once one session and recorded it, and that'll be released. Um, um, yeah, yeah. But it's, you know, he's, he's a brother, and uh, <clears throat> we have nothing but love for him and mad respect, because he's one of the hardest working people that I know in music. Him and Sean Rubin. Yeah, those guys are hard workers. Those guys work hard, and and it takes a toll, too. Sometimes you can hear, yeah, you see some of their posts, and they get, you know, they're like, I I, I don't know if I just keep keep doing this, uh, but you can't, because that's their, you know, it's in them, that's their built. Making this stuff is their their built, as as some people may say. They can't escape it. The uh, Matter of Destruction track, Brian, I think you chose that as well. I don't know how you do it, because it's, it's very... I mean, I don't make music, so I'm always kind of in awe at people who come up with this stuff, but the, 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 there's not a lot to it, but there is a lot There is a lot to it in in the feel of it. It's, uh, yeah, it's really something. Yeah, what, what was that's, that a Sean, that's Sean, Sean, Sean Tate's track mm. that uh, he yeah. commissioned Marty to remix and uh i happened did you call me over here well i think i just happened to come by you know i, I visit marty all the time and yeah. he was saying hey man sean tate sent me this to, you know remix and you know i and, and marty had uh what did you made some sound um the uh i guess the sound that's on the top marty had created not the, the clavinet one yeah the clavinet no yeah. not the clavinet You're talking about matter of destruction the acid, the acid line on that is yeah, no, that was Marty. Um, oh, that's I, nice. Oh yeah, yeah. And Marty didn't he he when I came over he he didn't play that at first. He was playing some of the uh, top end for me, and uh, I think he accidentally turned the bass on, and it was uh, the, the TBO three, the replica, yeah, the, the replica of a three o three, and uh, right. I was like, yeah. hey man, that's hot. He's like, oh man, I was just fooling around. So I'm like, no, nah, man, you got to keep that. So mm. it went together. So uh, they, we, you know, I added a, another part to it. We wanted some strings, and uh, you know, me and Marty fooled around with it for a minute, and we just couldn't get the, the dark strings that we both heard in our heads. So we had mm. to call the 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 the, 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 the uh, funeral dirge man catch. <laughs> Marty called uh, catch over and catch that's sat an down. Offic- that's an official title then. <laughs> oh yeah, catch catch. <laughs> well, that came from one. Uh, I played a track. Uh, what was it? Irony that was on Serious Grooves for one before it was released to get his opinion and. He and I sat up and listened to it. Juan was staring at the wall. <laughs> he he's like, "Yeah, that's cool, man." Uh, but uh, those strings are like a funeral dirge. <laughs> and, I said, <laughs> and I said, "Well, that was catch." Yeah. So that, I, that's what it kind of stuck with him. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, he came over and we we had fun doing it. Uh, mm. uh, Catch came over and it didn't take him any time to get to feel the vibe that we were trying to get. And he knocked it out, man. What? Mm. About a half hour. He, and, you know, wow. and, and we spent a lot more time getting the right sounds, you know. But mm. uh, wow. And when we sent it to Sean, he, he you know, he didn't even have to say anything. Hello? Are we on the air? Is my mic working? One, two, one, two, one, two. I am 313. I am the butcher. I am Sean Tate. And you are listening to Bass Agenda. Thank you. 
so much Sean Tate Matter of Destruction Real by Real Remix Next up I had a chat with Martin about living at Metroplex Studios and working with Juan Atkins Actually I ended up uh, uh, working work with Juan quite a bit because I actually uh, resided at Metroplex Studios uh, I think my f- the first release I had uh, on the compilation um, album and there was an advance I was supposed to get. <laughs> and I was like, hey man, in lieu of that, in lieu of that advance, you know, he's like basically giving me a lease. It's like, you pair it, set of keys, whatever the place. I'm like, yeah, I'll take that. Especially at that age, you know what I mean? And I was like in awe of, of what kid, of what Juan and a lot of them cats did. And I was like, cool. Yeah. So, so that was like, you know, I ended up dropping out of college and going to that college. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was, but you know, I'll say there's a lot of moments of starving, this, that, and the other. But I wouldn't trade it for the world. I but that. but I did. But we did. Well, Juan, Juan was a, is a quiet type person, kind of stealthy, and so mm-hmm. I had to do Metroplex to myself most of the time. And, you know, of course there were people coming in and out, but the studio part of the building that we ran, because you know Kevin Wine and Derek all shared the same. Where we you know they rented spaces within the same building or whatever. But uh, anyway, you know what? A lot of times I just because I, I didn't you didn't pay for I didn't pay for studio time or anything. I was living there, so I'm just messing yeah. around, messing around, messing around, whatever. And on occasions, I turn around at three in the morning. I'm just messing around. And I turn around and look, and Juan sit behind me. He's like, "Hey, motherfucker, where'd you come from?" <laughs> and, 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 and all and Juan would always say is, uh, "Hey, man, uh, did you record that?" I was like, "No, I'm just messing around." No, nah, man, you always record. You know, you can record over the tape, and I can buy more tape. I was like, yeah, okay. But I learned right. I learned a lot from that. I enjoyed working with him or whatever. The first one was uh, was Aftermath, a track called Aftermath. That was on the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Techno 2 compilation or whatever. What was, it? What was the name of that album? Uh, the, the Sound of Detroit 2 or something. Yep, you got it. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, that one. <laughs> Man. Yeah. I, I wasn't crazy been, about the remix. I've been digging. You won't believe, you won't believe the dust I've got rid of to find stuff. <laughs> I've found all kinds of stuff I forgot I had. Yeah. It's been a real adventure. Well, Keith, Keith Tucker told me that you were, you were thorough about what yeah. you do. Try, 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 try to be. So, yeah, so that was your first, was it, after that? Yeah, yep, that was the uh, first one.
And, uh, and since sure. you were mentioning uh, uh, one of your uh, one of your favorite records and ones that you're most proud of, it's probably Vessels in Distress. Because that was really right. Uh, Juan had kind of basically really literally breathing down my neck. You know, I'm standing there at the Pro One, which is Juan's like you know he's the Pro One master or whatever. And uh, yeah. and I'm sitting there trying to program a sequence, a top line for Vessels in Distress. And he's like, hey man. Forget all that. He's like, man, play it live. Just play it live. He's literally stood behind me. It's like, you just come up with something right there and play a little top line live or whatever. And I was like, no, I, got, I always program things. So I did it live and I was happy with the with the finished product or whatever. And I was glad Juan was here to encourage me to do it and that wow. or whatnot. And so that's one of my favorite tracks. And it was one of the mm. reasons why. No, I love that. Yeah. I love that track, yeah. man. That's, that's so, so driving. Yeah. And, um, so that so the recording that we would be familiar with is is you is is a, a, mostly a live take. Is that, is that well, the, the top line is is, is live, and and, okay. and yeah, a yeah. few other parts that they're in there or whatever are played live. Mm.
track I did called uh, Other Side of Life. It's, a vocal, it's probably mm-hmm. one of my only vocal tracks, this uh, singer Tracy Ames. And, um, and, I, oh, okay. and years later, we hooked up, I hooked up with Tracy the vocals again. And we were, I, was, I don't know why, but like doing another version of it. Uh, uh, and she couldn't remember some of the lyrics, exact lyrics. And I had to buy it. I had to buy my own record. <laughs> and back then, it, and this is like <laughs> in the early 2000s. And I had, I think I paid around 60 US bucks for it, I think. I was like, man, I have to yeah. spend 60 bucks for all goddamn record. Oh, fuck, for your own record, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, my, that's how a lot of people get high in the charts these days, you know, buying their own record. <laughs> <laughs> that's cheating. Yeah. <laughs> it is, man. and you're listening to Base Agenda. Treat this 
Thinking about Detroit as a, as a city, that it has generated something special in terms of creativity. How do you do? You see that? Do you see, you know, Detroit as giving something special, an experience maybe that's, that's helped drive the, the scene? I suppose I'm not just talking about your music, but kind of the, the, the whole vibe, really. Well, um, it, it, I think it, it was a it was a combination of uh, the political mm-hmm. environment at the time um, yeah. and radio, terrestrial radio was wide open um, mm. DJs had discretion to play whatever they wanted to play mm. and uh, yeah. that influenced us to no end um it was mm. you, you, you. You didn't have to be. You weren't. I. You, you. Your identity wasn't based on what you listened to, so to speak. You can. You were free to mm. listen to anything, and mm. you know. Now you would get ridiculed sometimes. Um, you know, we were the weirdos. We were the hippies. You know, <laughs> um, but I think because of that freedom. And the fact mm. that we would listen to music from other parts of the world, and this is going back mm. in the 
70s, you know, late, mid-70s, 80s, we were all yeah. influenced, and I think we took those influences subconsciously, mm. and it came through when we were all creating mm. music. Those influences right. came through subconsciously, I believe. Uh, mm. I and, and also, it was a, a time where we could gather like-minded spirits, and thinkers, we would gather and mm. have yeah. social events, and uh, it, it was a, uh, I don't want to call it spiritual at all, although some of the moments with the Music Institute were spiritual, uh, spiritual vibe to it, but I think mm. that, that whole uh, scene is what the rest of the world picked up on. And could relate to it because at all honesty it was special and it'll never be repeated Mm. ever and and there's nothing wrong with that that's what makes uh, movements that 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 resonated with people that's what makes them special you know uh, there's nothing wrong with that and um, that's not to say what comes after is any less relevant it's just to say that to your question, um, what made it special is because it was a, a an amalgamation of of, mm. of, 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 of circumstance. Very yeah, yeah. I, I never can put a never I can never put my finger on one thing that made Detroit progressive. Detroit is always you know progressive, and, and think when Brian was talking about terrestrial mm. radio and the DJs play what they want to play as opposed to you know anyone that's 30 years old or younger everything's programmed mm. already corporate program but back then they can play what they want to play and I remember hearing Trans Europe Express when I was a kid on the mm. radio on a pop station I think it was WDRQ I was like that's yeah. you know who would imagine that you hear Trans Europe Express on you know yeah. when it was out in 77, 78 whatever on a, on a freaking pop radio station <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that wouldn't happen now nah, no, it wouldn't happen now yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. And I know we talked about sort of what were your influences, and I know it's hard. It's always hard to answer that question. Oh <laughs> man, yeah. There's, ne- there's never one. There's never one song. But you guys came up with some. You guys came up with a, a good mixed stuff. I don't know. We, we don't have to talk about each and every one of them, but maybe if we can, if we could just pick out a couple to, to talk about, if that's cool with you. Yeah. Um, the Groove Line by Heatwave. I think that was one of yours, Martin. Um, yeah. I, I hadn't heard that track before you picked it, man, and I love it. It's uh, almost got me singing. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, yeah, right, actually, right. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. that was uh, that. No, actually, that I think now, <clears throat> considering the fact that I think I may have been about seven or eight years old when I okay. first heard that record on the on the broadcast on the radio station, and, I, mm. and what really caught me was the uh, was the probably. The, 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 the sense in that track along with, you know, I'm saying, uh, you know, of course, mm. the, the drumming and all that other stuff, but I think that's what really caught me. And it's like, if, and even though I had music lessons in that school, I actually, actually attempted to play French one instead of the other, but I want to know how did they make this, these the sounds? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? But they weren't conventional instruments. And, uh, right. and so that was actually the first record I think I ever bought. It was a 45. And I remember oh, cool. riding my bike to the, to the, uh, I had a paper route 
Of course, I tagged along my older brother since he had a route. My mom even split it with me, so I was able to make a few bucks. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yep, and I remember riding my bike to the to the to this record store in Detroit and picking up that record and had just enough to buy the record. And I remember when I was leaving, uh, the gentleman working behind the counter was like, "Hey, young man, uh, you know, it's a forty-five. You need adapters for it." I'm like, "What?" I'm like, hey, I'm out. And the guy just threw me a bag of that. He said, "Here, kid, take it." I'm like, cool. And I, I think I wore a bruise out that record. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. yeah I bet, yeah, I bet yeah. man. I'll yeah, listen yeah. to it. But that was, that was, yeah, that was a huge influence amongst mm. a few others. But, you know, you ask someone what influenced them, you know, it's probably pretty much going to be like, it depends. What's the temperature outside? How do you feel that day? You know what I'm saying? It depends on your mood, how you feel at that moment. You know, yeah. you can say one thing one day, and then you can think of yeah. something else, you know, another day or whatever. But, yeah, that is a hard yeah, yeah. question, like you said. Yeah, yeah, it for is. sure. And, but, and you know, I mean, no. Well, there are people who only listen to one genre of music, but most yeah. people who do do the kind of stuff you guys do, you know, they've got they're exposed to so many different things. Yeah. So you can't you can't pick one track. So I appreciate you giving it a go. <laughs> no, I, I, I'll say I, I I believe what Brian Boyer has always said that uh, mm. when he's when he's asked what were his musical influences, and he always says. Anything that you listen to or heard influences you, be it good or bad. So, yeah. uh, I think. Like on the subconscious kind of level. Yeah. Well. Mm. Mm.
listening to Deep Space Radio. So, Brian, you chose, uh, what have we got? Yeah, I mean, Alleys of Your Mind, I'm interested, obviously, for obvious reasons, interested in, in why that one's special to you. And I know you guys obviously know one and have done some work with him in the past. That resonated with me, first of all, because it's just straight up future funk. Um, mm-hmm. And it was played on the radio back in 80, 81, uh, in the mornings on our way to, on my way to school, I, I rode with a, a friend of mine across the street. He had the car and it would be mm-hmm. on, uh, WGPR every morning. Uh, who played, was okay. that Marvelous Marv in the morning? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He would play it. And, you know, um, it, 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 I just gravitated toward because of the sounds, the synths, um, the the, the 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 foreboding mood to it, um, but it was the funk mm-hmm. really, and um, I, in the synthesizers, I've always been drawn to to, to electronic sounds. Um, sure. Then back to uh, Edgar Winters, Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I I knew it was they were synths. I didn't know what type, but that was probably the first record I ever bought with my own money. You know, okay. when it was new. Um, but Alleys of Your Mind struck a chord with me. And it also, um, by though Rick Davis and Wine being local, um, mm. it, 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 it gave me encouragement to pursue what I love doing. Um, cause I right. figured, well, those cats did it. I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not on that level, but, uh, it, it, yeah. it was it was encouraging to know that some local cats could make something that sounds so futuristic and mm. funky at the same time and touch so yeah, many yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, how, so you were? I'm just trying to say. So, you were at school when you first heard that? You said. Yeah, I was at Cooley going to Cooley High School. Thank you. 
This is Dave Clark and you're listening to Bass Agenda. That you that you chose, Marty, has come back to me, and I wanted to talk to you about it. Is this track by Mother, Electric Babyland? That's crazy. I, I can't. I still can't figure out what's going on with people thinking that some some people think they should be on forty five. Some people say thirty three. I don't. I've always played it at forty five. It was one of the one of the records that was uh, always laying around in Metroplex. And uh, oh, okay, yeah, and and it's just because it, it was it was minimal, and it was a group that you know, like I didn't hear anything else like that. I think they're out of England, but I I, didn't, I haven't heard you know I heard yeah, a lot yeah. of acid stuff or, or transy stuff and all that back then. This is like I say like ninety like nineteen ninety ninety one, but that one was different, and, and, and I just like the, the the clean drum programming and everything in it or whatever. Mm. So. That kind of inspired me. I think uh, what was the track that we called? Sundog, I think. We, yeah, I mean, Sundog. I think I, did, I think I, <laughs> I was like, let me get to work because <laughs> I because that that, that uh, inf- kind of influenced that, that that track. I think it was Sundog. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it sounds like it's got, I don't know whether it's, it's it sounds like it's a kind of a really warped clarinet. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really? It's warbly, yeah. I can't, I can't figure that out at all, but yeah, it's a really weird track, yeah. man. I'm glad yeah. you. And if you, if you, you played you at 33, I guess if you had enough drinks and some, and some good herb. 
<laughs> but the but the, I would yeah, play yeah. it at forty five and pitch it down because at forty five it's like kind of still super fast. But if you know, so pitch I would pitch it down. Play it at forty five and pitch it down.
about these days? So you guys, are you do you approach things any any differently creatively? I mean, do you, obviously there's a lot of software out there that, that, that people are using these days. How about the kind of the more recent work you've been doing? Uh, well, um, the the approach is almost the same, um, mm-hmm. but you know, of course, the tools we use are a lot different. Um, we we I use a lot of us. Uh, plug-in instruments. Um, I have a few pieces, artboard pieces I use, but um, Mm -hmm. because of uh, space constraints and uh, you know, I I don't have a lot of room for My wife doesn't allow me a lot of room. (laughs) So, um, you know, I I, I pretty much use a lot of uh, software-based instruments. um, Sure. Uh, Brian, Brian, it catches well, but you know, there's some outboard gear, uh, little tabletop synths I use uh, sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but the, the approach to music is pretty much the same. I, I'll sit down with an idea and try to flesh it out just like I did with, with, with the MIDI setups we used, yeah, yeah. you know, we used to use. Yeah. Um, and what you, what you said earlier about sort of the rhythm being the, the, the kind of the foundation of it is that where you start creatively when you're doing a, a new track you kind of start with that yes yes yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, almost exclusively um, there's a few mm. tracks that we've got um, come it'll be released soon that uh, actually it, they were melodies that uh, Brian Boyer came up with and he would mm. send me when he's fleshed out and then I try to uh make it move with some rhythm and catches mm. well catches is still a really good drummer and drum programmer um, okay but uh you know uh, mm. that's kind of my latin strand uh, <laughs> yeah 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 no i get it yeah and martin for you is it how do you approach making a new track these days do, are you the do you rely on a bit of collaboration to get the arrangement? Mm, sounds really. like you like the design rather yeah. than the build kind of thing. Not really. I'm, I'm still, <laughs> I'm not so much of a plug-in person because I've got, you know, a number of pieces of outboard gear. And, and I'm sure. trying to, and I'm always trying to replicate the, the way, like, you know, we started out doing things or whatever. And I find mm. I end up spending more time trying to, you know, like, like most people who, who uh, Go, you know, try to relive the days of when they before this cheap digital stuff, and it, but you somehow, in one way or another, you still got to get it into the digital realm with the outboard hardware. So yeah. I end up, I, so a lot of times, I ended up spending more time <laughs> trying to get trying to get these devices to, to to sync up just right and this, that, and the other, you know, along with the uh, the software. But mm. I don't start. I don't necessarily always start with drums. A lot of times, like I said, I'm a, more of a sound guy, so I have a sound in my mm. head, and I'll just go to one of the synths and, and try and, and get it to you know to actually reproduce what I hear in my head. And then yeah, yeah. once I get something like that flowing with the you know with a, a little four bar phrase of something with that sound, then I'll mm. come up and think of a rhythm to go on top. But usually, I end up calling my brother. Hey, man. <laughs> you see this track? You see, see what you can do with this, man. So, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. in a way, we do still collaborate a lot, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to ask you about that kind of. Do you, do you find each other kind of help? You help each other kind of unlock things sometimes. Like you, you get to a point and you just think, I need somebody to 
find that next the next key kind of thing. Or, uh, yep, definitely. especially if you give up. If you got something like, eh, I ain't going nowhere with this. You know, it's something there, but I can't come with that. So instead mm-hmm. of just like deleting the, 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 the project, like, well, let's hand it off to this, you know someone else that you trust or whatever and see if they yeah, can yeah. come with something. And, then, and a lot of times it'll work out. Yeah, yeah, nice, man. And what was this track you sent over earlier, Brian? Which uh, it's called Rain, isn't it? Uh, um, that's yeah. Um, I like that. Uh, that's nice, man. I, I, I've only had a chance to listen to it through once since you sent it, but I, I, it, it hooked me in. It was good, man. Yeah, that was Marty. Marty, um, he recorded it a few years ago. Um, we both really liked it, but it, mm. it, 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 he, he it needed. Uh, some editing done to it, and um, he sent me mm. the files and, and allowed me to to, to edit it. And, I mean, I think it came out okay. Um, I really like yeah, that yeah. track. That that embodies Marty's uh, <laughs> Marty's aesthetic. Sporadically when we wanted to, but 
because of mm. the pandemic, you know, Ketch and I uh, were, were furloughed from our jobs and, you know, we were at home all the time. And I called a meeting and I said, look here, um, tomorrow's not promised to any of us. You know, mm. this, this is real. So, you know, we, we, mm. we have a gift and we should we should act on it and they agreed and so hey, we we got three EP scheduled for this year we did some collaborations and some remixes and I'm, I'm, I'm we've been we've thoroughly been enjoying ourselves and uh, mm. you know we, we, we plan on to keep busy you know musically yeah yeah you know. that's cool man that was my next question was what have you got in the future kind of lined up Marty, is there anything in, in, in addition to what Brian said that you've got? Uh, well, I have an EP um, right now. It's an EP called uh, uh, Tic Tac, which is which Brian, my brother, came up with the concept for you know, the, the title and that. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a um, very electronic <laughs> sci-fi movie kind of, kind of sound, whatever. But yeah, it's an EP, and there's a couple other tracks that kind of fit with it. If I ever finish them. And possibly an album. Uh, right now, I'm probably dealing with the label I've been dealing with for a while, both Junior Records in Germany. So, oh yeah, yeah. So that you know, that's that'll more likely be the first half of this year. check out some more recent tracks by other artists that have impressed them lately kicking off with one of Keith Tucker's most recent tracks Schematics You're listening to the sounds of Bass Agenda I'm DJ K1 from Aux 88 Schematics
Keith Tucker's Uncharted album mm. that he's doing mm. for Jeff Mills series. Yeah, I'm looking forward to man, that. Man, <clears throat> man, it, it, it's, it's something special. Um, he's mm. really proud of it, as he should be. Um, I knew it was mm. special because he called me in. It's like, man, um, you know, you got to come over. And I came by and he was playing the... Um, the uh, earlier, you know, the early versions of it to me, and I was just couldn't, I didn't know what to say. I, I loved it from day. And then when he asked Brian Boyer to master it, Brian asked me to help him. We, we mastered it. Uh, Brian mastered mm-hmm. the two track album. But man, it, it was an honor and it was a learning experience. And, you know, I really mm-hmm. like that. And Jeremiah Shaw, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling his his stuff. Um, mm. and they call yeah, it yeah. electro, but I think he 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 adheres to the roots of it. But he has his 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 uh, take on it, and I'm I've been feeling that. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Keith mentioning but him I somebody to, to keep keep an eye on. Yeah, yeah. yeah Jeremiah is, is doing some special things. interested to know because obviously the US I mean the UK too but the US even more so what with Trump and everything going through some crazy yeah. crazy times man yeah. do you think do you think maybe that's that that might have an effect on creativity going forward do you do you kind of see that anywhere born out of strength for adversity or that kind of stuff I, I would hope so <clears throat> um, I would yeah. hope so I, I know personally um, a track on our, our latest EP was a direct result of the political climate. Uh, Abar. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it it, it was that was the uh, inspiration for me to start that one. Um, oh okay. And uh, I think that that hope. I, I would like to think that with with this country and, and to some extent what your country is going through. And it's pretty much the same thing, man. It's the the right wing, you know, people scared to change. So, yeah, yeah, so, sure. and, and I, I think we're witnessing the death throes of of, of that type of thinking. It, it's it's on its way mm-hmm. out, but it's got to go out kicking and screaming. Um, For sure, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I would hope that 
our current political climate inspires people. I mean, that's one way that you can say that I, I'm helping make a change. And, mm. and, and that's one way to express yourself without going and getting arrested. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, so I, I really yeah, would yeah, hope, I and I think it is inspiring because with this pandemic and um, the political mm. climate in a lot of countries, I've really been hearing some really good music. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, I've had more time to pay attention, you know, because of the pandemic. But um, yeah, yeah, I think that it's it's the current situation globally is is inspired a lot of people because i hear it um mm. so yeah yeah, yeah I, I think I so i think it's yeah. it, it's having an effect a positive effect at least on people being creative yeah i get that and it goes the other way too though there's, there's a, a, a quite a bit of isolation you know the people and that and that that may mm. affect the sound of uh some of the music that you will hear in the next few years you know what I mean? Yeah. Because of the isolation yeah, like, yeah. that we all have to deal with. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's like an outlet for people when it comes to dealing with that kind of thing, I suppose. Loneliness and all that. Exactly. Kind of thing. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And then the other one you picked out was uh, Sean Rudiman. Oh man! Uh, <laughs> I've heard that. I love the title of this. Is I'd like to extend my stay at the Cloud Lake Motel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it just trips off the tongue that one. Oh man, that, that's it's a beautiful track. Though. It is. He makes beautiful music. Um, whenever mm. I get a chance to see him perform live, I'm there because he 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 makes he gives machines. You can feel it. It's, I mean, mm. it's it's emotional. It's not cold and calculated. The mm. process may be, but his end result is 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 is, is, is emotional. And uh, yeah. his, his latest album, I've uh, I, 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 I've really been uh, feeling that too.
listen to me. What we do here, it's fucking essential. It's like oxygen. The world's dying of a thousand heart attacks. We heal them up. It's a goddamn public service what we do. It's not, it's not, that's the only reason to make music. Music, music, Los Hermanos. Is it called Let Love Live? Oh yeah, 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 man. And that, that, that's yeah, that's, that's nice. that 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 really it has that Herbie Hancock funk mm. future feel to it, but it's genuine. Um, mm, yeah, yeah. I, 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 that, that, that track takes me to another place whenever I listen to it. You know, it mm. it, 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 it takes me back, but it also it doesn't sound dated at all. As a matter of fact, it put modern twist on it, man. It's mm. it's it's just amazing how you can take your 
how someone can take an influence like that and make it their own yeah. and make it original. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Nice and that's one of the nice. things I think, to your point earlier, uh, of the current situation that we all have to live in that spurred, you know, some positive creativity. Um, mm. Not that he, they never stopped. Gerald Mitchell never stops, but... posted on Facebook that we're going to be doing you know having this chat and putting the show together and that and a lot as a good few people have said you know like you guys are the underrated you're the unsung heroes of Detroit you know there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of love for you guys out there but a, and a lot of people saying that you should have had more credit than maybe you have had I just wondered how that how that sits with you do you do you feel that way do you well I'm gonna tell you something me personally I really don't care so much about that uh, there was a comment my brother always reminds me about that one of our friends Eddie Folks uh, mentioned oh. used to tell us when we were in high school or whatever or after that when, you know what I'm saying uh, we'd always make tracks and recording the cassette and playing and playing in cars literally and that's what Eddie's like look look you cats man you motherfuckers y'all, y'all make all this music just to listen to in your car and and, 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 <laughs> no, and we didn't that wasn't the intention necessarily but it just goes to say that yeah I make music that I like for me and if it's marketable and it sells whatever, that's a benefit. You know, that's just the way I see it. Now, Brian, on the other hand, I don't know why do you, uh, I, you know, we never pushed ourselves out there like that. Um, mm. You know, um, respect and credit is earned. You can you can mine it artificially. You know, yeah, in, in the media. And uh, magazines, you know, they'll 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 pick it up and carry it. Uh, but uh, I don't mm. know, man. I, I think um, I I do get some satisfaction knowing that people that know know. And uh, you know, there's certain yeah. entities that give us respect and tell us, you know, that they respect our work. That's good enough for mm. me. Uh, you know, uh, I, we just do what yeah, we yeah. do, and if people like it, that's great. Um, I, I don't, we don't necessarily do it to to to, to, to uh, garner accolades. But I'll say this: um, a lot of work inside of Detroit, people have taken credit for, and they had no business taking credit for it. Um, but that's in the past. Yeah. Uh, it's never stopped us from creating 
Mm. And so... Yeah, obviously, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's good that a lot of things have come to light as far as who actually did what. Um, mm. That's a good thing. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, it, it, it doesn't remedy anything, really. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, but we've never gotten mm. caught up in that. And never, not once. Um, right. You know, like I said, okay. those who know, know. And that, 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 that carries us... That carries the date for us. Yeah, yeah. No, I respect that attitude a lot. No, this is great, man. Thanks, uh, thanks both of you guys for doing. Well, this. thank you for having us, man. Is there anything we we haven't covered that you'd want people to hear or uh, and tell anybody to go fuck themselves? No, well, <laughs> that's, that's what social media is for. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Okay, no worries. Yeah, brother, I appreciate you, brother. Yeah. Reach it out. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm glad we got to speak after. Yeah, I'm saying it's good to meet you, man. And uh, I've always uh, kept an eye on what was going on with, you know, the information you put out there. Um, Actually, I got some of the tracks from Carebots. And I I, I think I played one of Mm. them a week or two ago. I know I played the Anthony Anthony Rother one. And, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the Black Tony one, that's I think, too. But yeah, that's oh, yeah. man, that's a great project, man. Uh, you you raised yeah, raise some I'm, dough I'm, to I'm, help help help, man. And see, that goes back to what you were asking about earlier. You know, with the current situation we're living in, you actually did something about it, and that that that's that's cool stuff right there. Thank you. No, that means a lot, man. Yeah. You have a great day, brother. Stay safe, man. You be safe, and I hope you guys, you and your family, stay well, man. Yeah. All All right, right. guys. Thanks very much. Okay, thanks, man. Take care. All right, Andrew. Yeah, look after yourself. Music to change your world by producers and DJs that change the world. DeepSpaceRadio.com. Love and thanks out to Martin and Brian Bonds. Keep an eye on them. They've got a lot coming up this year. And make sure you go backwards too. Some really, really special stuff in the back catalogue too. A couple more tracks from them. Then we're going to check out some recent and decent stuff from Detroit's Filthiest, Morphology, a few others as well.
DJ Godfather checking in live from Detroit. And you're listening to Bass Agenda.
This Detroit's filthiest, and you're listening to the number one underground base agenda.
quick catch up for you. We kicked off this section with uh, a number of names. Sharivari, that was Marty Bond's guitar mix. Then we got into Strand with Bloated, the Juggernaut mix. Then into uh, something new from Detroit's Filthiest, a track called All White Buffs. That was the Oliver Way remix, aka Mr. O from Detroit Grand Pubas. Then into uh, F Jack, I think it is. <laughs> F J A K. That was To The Peak, that was the Steffi remix. And we're just slipping into Quidra by Morphology, coming out very soon on Cultivated Electronics.
for you before we slip into the last track of the show. After Morphology, we had RAU, a track called Battle Royale. Absolute savage track, that one, love it. Then into uh, awesome piece of work from uh, Will Simpson, beginning of the end. Then into Altstad Echo with Nothing Clever. And we're going to round the show off. Gorgeous track called Twilight by The Paradox featuring Jeff Mills. Amazing techno meets jazz project. Well worth checking it out. Don't forget, as usual, the track list is going to be up on uh, soundcloud.com slash bassagenda on uh, bassagenda.co.uk and via the iTunes feed at some point over the weekend as well. Full download of the show too, of course. Thanks for listening. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Love and thanks again out to Brian and Martin Bonds for the interview. Stay safe. I'll catch you next time. Have a good weekend. Cheers. Cheers.